Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Back again. Get in my belly. Stay on the track, hit the ground, running. 
mojo Sit back in time and I never lost my mojo Ladies and gentlemen, I, boys and girls Ludacris sit down to take over the whole world Like this fight has lost a lot of his luster. 
I mean, it's still going. It's still going to be that uh, big draw. This might be the highest fate. This might be the highest drawn fight in boxing, boxing history. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm looking at it like, okay, this should have been happening. Like it's like I don't feel the same way about this fight now that I would have back in 2008 when they was talking about it. All right. Also, I look at I look at what Manny's doing. Okay, I can see he's strong with somebody from Floyd's camp. I mean, that's cool and all, but is that really going to help you to prepare for Floyd? I don't think so. Because you're not you're not strong against Floyd himself. You're not preparing yourself for Floyd <laughs> that way. I hope Manny is looking at a lot of tapes. I hope he's taking time out to watch old fights that Floyd has had. I mean, Floyd is one of the most intelligent fighters I've ever seen, point blank. Pound for pound, whatever. Only way Manny Pacquiao is going to beat him is if he's able to knock Floyd out. I mean, what are your thoughts on the situation, Jack? I got the the bugs worked out here. These technical difficulties. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. We already have somebody on the line here that has their hand up, looking like they want to they want to speak. So, for the person whose number ends eight zero five four, you are on the air. Good evening. Um, good, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, this is Black GOP uh, calling into the Skybox. Of course, the rebuilding of, of the World Trade Center is going to get on the line. Um, uh, how are you, how you gentlemen doing tonight? We're great. Well, how are you, sir? I, 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 am, I am knee-deep in a uh, uh, one-and-a-half liter of uh, New Amsterdam vodka, and it's killing the game. Um, real fast, talk about Pacquiao and Mayweather. Um, my issue, the last time, the last big visual we saw of Pacquiao was him taking a dirt nap in the ring. That was the last visual we, we, we all remember about Pacquiao. Um, uh, Mayweather, can anyone stop that left jab? Me personally, I don't think, um, 
I, I do not think that, 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 that Pacquiao will be able to circle away from that left jab. That thing is the most devastating snap jab to, to his eyes, nose, uh, jaw, cheek, um, head area. Um, this, for me, this ever been seen in boxing. Um, I, could, I could be wrong. You know, again, I'm, not, I'm not a big sports guy. But when you talk about the, the face off between the two, I think that, that that left jab is going to destroy Pacquiao, and he might be taking another dirt nap. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, interesting point that you brought up. Uh, but I see a lot of people bring out that Pacquiao got knocked out. I mean, honestly, in the world of boxing, it happens. I mean, a lot of fight. I mean, everyone, almost everyone, gets knocked out. People tend to forget that he has beat. He has beat. He has beaten Marquez several times. I mean, it's not even about Mayweather's left hook that you got to worry about, really. That left jab, you don't got to worry about that. You have to worry about being able to withstand every counter that Mayweather is going to have for you. You're going to have to be able, you're going to have to be prepared to actually be able to move around in the ring with Mayweather. You're going to have to be prepared to actually go toe-to-toe. I mean, Mayweather is a counter fighter. He's one of the greatest defensive specialists in the sport. I mean, this man is a cerebral assassin. He has it down packed to the point where he doesn't even study his opponents. Why? Because he knows his opponents will never be prepared for him. Everyone that Mayweather is facing has never faced someone like Mayweather. And, 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 and only he, way he, the only only way Pacquiao only chance Pacquiao has to beat Floyd is if he makes Floyd take a dirt nap, which I don't see happening. Uh, my, my 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 only concern is, and, and uh, I want to bring it back to the left jab. Um, it, it's not destructive. It's it's not it's not it's not. But, but I I think from what I've seen again, not a sports guy. Um, what I've seen is that that left jab will annoy you and take you out of your game. And and and, and, and it's where he starts to showboat here and there with it. He starts to showboat with it. And it's, it's like, hey, everybody, I'm bored. I'm cool. I got, the, I, got, I got the right glove up. I'm dancing around it. And whammo, left jab. Um, I, I think it's, me personally, I think it's so small and annoying. And it, it can slowly accumulate the damage that, 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 that it, it uh, I don't. I don't see me personally. I don't see Pacquiao circling out of it because, you know, honestly, that that's one of the best ways to get away from the jab is to circle away from a person's good jab. Um, Floyd can can jab with both fists. You know, what I mean, he can jab with both. But but that for some reason for me, and maybe I'm wrong, that left jab is, is completely and totally annoying for me. You know. I mean, I understand where you're coming from because I mean, a lot of boxers are are vulnerable against self-balls. 
I mean, left-handed fighters are, will always have a, a advantage in boxing. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Either you were strong, either you were left-handed, or you strong with your left. I mean, it's something that a lot of fighters don't prepare for. Because I mean, it's like you can see the you can see a right jab or a right hook before you can see a left jab and a left hook. And honestly, I can't even say Floyd's left jab is really going to do it because, I mean, what people fail to realize is a, a while back, Floyd actually broke that same left hand, and it hasn't been the same since. So the power that Floyd once possessed is not really there. However, Floyd's boxing IQ is so advanced where he doesn't need that power to still win bouts because you're not going to catch Floyd. He's too elusive. You're not going to outthink Floyd because he's a strategist. You're not going to outprepare for Floyd because Floyd already knows what you're going to do before you do it. At the end of the day, left jab—I mean, left jab or not—Floyd is the ultimate chess player when it comes to boxing. Well, I, I, I'd like to ask you a question, um, sir. Um, what what? What what does Pacquiao have to do to to pull it out? What what what, what does it go to? Uh, if, if the knockout doesn't happen, and there's a chance the knockout may not happen, is, is, is it possible for Pacquiao to score his way to a victory against Floyd? Honestly, no. He can try, but he's not going to outscore Floyd. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I mean, I just broke down Floyd for you. I mean, Pacquiao is not as quick as Floyd. He doesn't have the ring IQ that Floyd possesses. He's not the the counterfighter that Floyd is. Honestly, I don't. I see this fight going twelve rounds, but if Floyd really makes Pacquiao chase him around the ring, it's going to end quicker than that. I'll give it seven at best. Only only chance Pacquiao has is to knock Floyd out. Um, well, I, I I would agree, and, and gentlemen, th- thank you so much for having me on. Um, I would agree. No I, I, I I totally think that that Pacquiao has to he has to drop Floyd. Can he get to Floyd? I don't think so. Um, um, and if it does go to twelve rounds, again for me, I'm sorry. I know this might be a little annoying for some of the listeners out there. I'm going to go back to that left jab because that left jab is going to rack up points. And it's going to make for an embarrassing situation. Uh, I think Pacquiao does not have it. I think Pacquiao it will be taking another dirt nap if it doesn't go 12 rounds. For me, 12 rounds, um, Floyd pulls it out. And thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I know nothing about no sports. I'm horrible. All right. No problem. Thanks for calling now. All right. No problem, brother. But uh, before right. we actually get off this, I- oh. Ooh, Hold up, having a technical technical difficulty over here. Yeah, um, I thought I was the only one having technical difficulties. Jesus. Yeah, my 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 chair did a uh, juke move on me. But yeah, uh, here's what I want to say though. Um, Floyd hasn't knocked one no one out in a very long time. 
true. I mean, that might be overdue. However, what's gonna what's gonna wear Pacquiao down is Floyd's counter skills. I mean, Pacquiao might outpunch him for the first few rounds, but throughout the whole twelve round bout, he's not. Floyd is gonna use his elusiveness. He's gonna use his boxing IQ. He's gonna use the fact that he's a great counter fighter to wear Manny down. He's gonna make Manny wear himself out. Mhm. There you go. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, this has been the fight that everybody's been wanting to see for the longest time. Now they're gonna get it. Hopefully, it actually, you know, lives up to the to the hype. I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I think this will be Floyd's biggest challenge to date. Everybody's saying he he beat he beat uh Della Hoya, he beat Sugar Shane. He beat first of all, he fought them past their prize. I don't I don't consider that a challenge. Neither one of them was a challenge. He fought them when they when neither one was no longer relevant. Right. So it's like I look at that, I'm like, mm, nah. Yeah, this might be the, 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 the first actual challenge that Floyd has in his you know, in a while, if not his whole yeah. career. I mean, you you really look at Floyd's Floyd's resume. I mean, who has he really fought though? I mean most of this competition has been of a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of washed up boxes or guys who are not ranked in the top five. Hey. That's not taking nothing away from Floyd because he's a great boxer, but it would be nice to see him fight some fight, fight someone that's going to even even playing around this house. I'm just saying. Well, like I said, he'll get that challenge. So, mm-hmm. see how he can handle it. He's gonna stay undefeated or not? Hopefully, hopefully he has somebody read the contract to him so that way he knows what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I had you know like that you know one of those jokes had to come out. You knew it. Yeah, it, it was, it was. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Moving on from boxing. Excuse me, one second. Still showing. Okay. Um, moving on from boxing. Okay, here's one story I want I wanted to uh, get off because this. Oh, hold on. Before I get to that one. The Chicago Bulls fans hold a vehicle, vehicle for Derrick Rose's knees. Yeah, a I saw for that. Derrick Rose's knees. They said they had a vehicle really? for his knees. I was just like, y'all ain't shit. <laughs> it was an art drawn of Derrick Rose, pray for Rose, with two with two crutches and some candles, roses, mirrors. In the side of basketball, like, well, come on now, for real. I mean, it, 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 for that one, they ain't shit for that. <laughs> it's like they not. I mean, they're not shit for that, but damn, it was funny. <laughs> that was funny. 
I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, just that image, like. I mean, just that image. Just being there in person seeing that, like. I, I mean, I had to die. I mean, at the same yeah. time, it's like, I feel bad for Derrick Rose, but at the same time, I understand the fans' frustration. Like, you blew your you blew your knee out three years ago. You telling me you you blew your he, Adrian Peterson blew his knee out three years ago. He took a complete year off. Then he came back. Then he blew it out again. Right. <laughs> He comes back the following season. Started like old Dirk Rose, then he is hurt again. I mean, right now, I see the, I see nothing but Brandon Roy. Who? I see Brandon Roy part two. I see Tracy McGrady part two. I see Anthony Penny Hardaway part two. Hell, I'm starting to see Sam Bowie. For real. All that, huh? <laughs> I'm saying a great player had his career ended at a very young age. I mean, that's what we're saying right now. I'm just, no matter how you look at it. <coughs> yeah. yeah I, seen the best Derrick Rose we've seen, I, I, I we've seen was 2011. Yeah, I feel for Derrick Rose, man. I mean, he's He's shown a lot. He's shown that he's a very talented young man, a very talented player. It's just that he hasn't had the best luck in the world in terms of his body cooperating with him, and that's usually, you know, that's a that's a crying shame when you're such a talented person, but your own body's telling you, you know, not to. Your own body's telling you that you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, he, he got to come to the he got to come to the crossroads to the point where he got to say, hey, it's over. I've tried twice and it failed both both times. I got he has to be he has to come to the point where like okay, maybe my career is over with. I'm not the same Derrick Rose that I was back in 2011 when I won the league MVP. I'm not the same Derrick Rose that can run up the court faster than anyone else in the NBA. I'm not the same Derrick Rose that can run a four two forty. I'm not that guy no more. He has to accept that fact. Because the more he tries to be back, come back to that guy, the more pressure he's going to put on his knees. And the more his knees are going to fail him. I think the, the issue, though, is that, you know, because he still feels he's so young, he still probably has that fire inside of him that he wants to continue to play. And it's just it's going to take – I'm, I'm sorry to say it's going to take something catastrophic for him to make the realization that he he just can't play anymore, you know, because he's suffered his, you know, um, severe knee injuries uh, several, like, a couple times in the last few years, and it's just, you know, it seems like he just can't stay healthy. Exactly, he can't. I mean, it is what it is. I don't mean to sound negative, but, I mean, at the end of the day, my man, like, dude, come on, man. Do yourself a favor. If you can't go no more, let go. 
I mean, it's easier said than done, you know. It's easier said than done. I mean, I understand that. I mean, it's hard to walk. It's hard to walk away from from something that you love. But at the same time, I mean, you gotta look at long term. You gotta look at long term health. Because I mean, you keep on. He might have to. He might get to the point where he might have to get his stuff amputated. I mean, amputated. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, it's gonna get to that point. And I'll I mean, you'll know, be. I'm, I'm crazy. You gonna not want to be looking like Kamala over here? I mean, no. Yeah, I'm gonna pray for. Him. Hopefully, everything works itself out. You know, he'll either finally get healthy and be able to have a good career, or he'll he'll realize that his health is not what it is, and he'll he just gives it up. Um, but either way, hopefully, he'll get the right he'll make the right decision, and you know, put it in God's hands and. Make it happen. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's sad to see anyone just having to be forced to walk away from the game. But we all understand. I mean, there's certain things that you just can't control. Exactly. Having the same exact injury is something that you cannot control right now. I mean, you look at you look at some of the college kids who. Even before they could hit the floor, their college careers, you know, even before they could hit the floor for another year, their college careers ended because of some kind of, you know, heart condition. Or, you know, like the kid from Georgetown who got to be in the game for like a couple seconds for Georgetown against Seton Hall, and he couldn't play really because of a heart condition. And so, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, comes to mind. Exactly. Exactly, but... Let's actually, I actually want to move on now. Uh, this is something that actually really caught my attention. Shane, you might know what you might figure out where I want to go go with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold up! Wait. Congratulations for both. University of Maryland, men's and women's basketball team coaches for winning Big Ten Coaches of the Year. How about that? How about it? How about that? They both, in their first years of basketball in the Big Ten, both of their teams are in, like, Maryland is is in the is a number two seed in the Big Ten tournament, and Maryland, I believe, won on the women's side, won the Big Ten tournament, and are going to the uh, women's NCAA tournament. So, you yeah. know, well deserved honor for both of those coaches. Cause, you know, they they definitely um, they've definitely brought something amazing to College Park. Okay, I can't find I can't find what I was looking for. Hold up, I just I think it was a fancy. That wasn't it. But the article I was looking for, it was uh Dion Walters. Oh here you go. Yes, Dion Walters refusing to stand for the national anthem. Oh yeah. His, his reason for refusing to stand was because of his religion. 
Before I give you my thoughts, what are your thoughts on that, Sam? I said it when you post the article. Uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf basically made this sort of thing famous um, way back when, when he was part of the Denver Nuggets. He did the same exact thing. Um, yeah. Did um, observe the national anthem. As a matter of fact, he was off to the side and he prayed during the national anthem. And he caught so much flack and so much grief and so much crap from that that it basically ruined his career. I read that if he had had 33 more free throws, he'd be the NBA leader in career free throw percentage because he currently is at 90.5% free throw percentage. But because he fell short of the 1,200 minimum needed for a career, he's not listed as the leader. So his his 90.5 just basically doesn't count. But it doesn't mean nothing. Basically, he got ran out of the league. It doesn't mean it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, because he got ran out of the league, and it's not right. You know, yes, you know, yes, you know, post 9-11, you know, Muslims and, you know, Muslims face a lot more criticism and dirty looks and things like that than ever before because of what happened in 9-11 and the people who, who committed those atrocities and the religion they represent. Um, but at the same time, we live in a country where the Constitution gives us the right to practice whatever religion we want to. And just because that religion involves not observing our national anthem does not mean we have to crucify this person, like these per- this person or these persons. You know, like yes, I'm a I'm a full red blooded American. Yes, I'm an African American, but I'm a full red blooded American. I'll stand for I'll stand for the national anthem, the pledge of allegiance, what have you. But if I were Muslim and that was not a part of our religion, then I would roll with my religion. And that's basically what it is. Okay. Here's my take on this. I don't have nothing against no one's religion. Whatsoever. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Jehovah. I don't care if you're a Buddhist, a Judas, whatever. Catholic, Mormon, whatever. (coughs) Here's my problem with what he did. Out of all the years that you that he's been a uh, an athlete, high school, college, basketball, all the times that he had to stand for the playing of a national anthem, why do it now? Why wait till one game to you know what? This is against my uh, this is I feel this that this is against my religion. I'm not going to do it no more. Why wait till now? Also, why are people just now finding out that he's a Muslim? If your religion meant that much to you, it will be something that you that it will it will be something that you would actually promote. It will be something that you that people will know about you. It will be one of the first things people think, would think. When they thought, think of you, 
I don't knock no one for their religion, for their religion views. However, when you're in America making American money, working for an organization that mostly plays in America, that is broadcast all over the world, that is American-owned, when you are a U.S. citizen, you still want to throw your religion out there. It's cool. But at the end of the day, you work for America, you live in America, you are spending and making American money. Who in the hell are you to sit on your ass and magically throw your religion out there? That's the part that upset me. You want to preach religion, you want to preach that it's against your religion to stand for the national anthem, move out the country. Ask for your money to come into, ask for your money not to be American money. No longer call yourself an American. It's one thing that you want to, that you don't want to stand for the national, I mean, it's one thing you want to represent your religion, but don't use it as an excuse. Don't bring it up all of a sudden. When, he, when Tim Tebow was coming out, people knew about his Christianity. That was no secret. When Muhammad Ali became Muslim, people knew he was a Muslim. They didn't keep their religion a secret. When A.C. Green became a born-again Christian, that was no secret. So why are we just now hearing about this? Why are we just now throwing this out for a reason not to stand for the pledge, for the national anthem? I I I I I'll I'll give him I'll give Muslims credit. They ever since nine eleven they have been viewed in a different light. But who hasn't since nine eleven? I get viewed as an angry black guy. Almost every day in my life That doesn't change who I am Why? Because I know I will ex- I will excel in this country To the point Where I know that I'm more Than just an angry black guy I know that I'm not An angry black guy That I am A winner in the making And we're here now. I mean, I, I, I ain't get too deep with it, did I? No, you didn't get deep. I will say this though, um, I'm still with my point, you know, as you know, playing devil's advocate. But I think the better solution he should have did was did what Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf did and pray, not just sit there and look stupid. Pray. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, exactly. Anthem, do something, and it's going. If it has to do with your religion, do something that has to do with your religion. Pray. Something. That's what Mahmoud Adurov did. Instead of you know being there for the national anthem, he was on the bench praying. I got and I, I had no problem with that. You know what? The Beyond Walkers, the Beyond Waiters, Walkers would have did that. 
I would have respected him so much. If he had sat on the bench and prayed, if he had, a, if he had a, went close to the fans or to the to the press, to the press bench and prayed, I respect him for that. But you want to sit down, oh, chilled out like you want to, like you want to. Like you sitting on some, in front of somebody's building and whatnot. Are you at home sitting sitting on a stoop until they done? No, you get no respect from me for that. That was a disgusting, disrespectful act. Yeah, he should he should have prayed, did something instead of just sit there. But again, like I said, this has happened before, and it, and it. The person caught slack and it ruined their NBA career. Let the person practice whatever religion they want to, as long as their religion and their actions towards that are not of a disres- of an extremely disrespectful nature. Now, from what it sounds like, this gentleman's actions were kind of disrespectful because all he did was sit there. It wasn't like he was praying or, or anything like that. He just he was very disrespectful with it. So, you know. Any other situation, like my mood situation, again, he prayed while the National Anthem was playing, you know? A lot of people saw that as disrespect. I don't because, again, he says he was against his religion, and he prayed. That's doing something. Now, if you just, like you just said, if you sit on your butt, then that's, then, then you're going to have some issues that I don't know if anybody's going to get you out of. But I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that he realizes that maybe he should do that, go that route and pray while the National Anthem is playing in order to not look like he's disrespecting the country and things like that. I mean, when I, I mean, when I read that story, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I was, I mean, I, I, I was pissed. I, I mean, I saw I saw my boy Rara with his comment. Like, I understand his point of view. At the same time, looking at the overall situation, your boy was dead wrong. At the end of the day, it's one thing to to be loyal to your be loyal to your religion, but when you're not, when you, when you want to just magically throw it out there, and you just want to sit down like it's all good, to not stand up for the national anthem. You won't come over as disrespectful. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So, you know, even out that situation, see what ends up happening with that one. And last time I checked, standing for the national anthem is part of is a part of his job description. If he don't, if he don't want to do that, he needs to become a Toronto Raptor. Or he needs to go overseas. Well, I think what you should do is stand, but just pray. You know, maybe turn, maybe be at the I end mean, of the bench, turn. He can, I mean, he can do that. He, he, can, he can stand and pray. He can do that. He doesn't have. He doesn't have to sing. He doesn't have to sing the national anthem. He doesn't even have to really go along with it. 
He could, he could stand and pray to whoever who, who he prays to. And you know, not to not to switch subjects. This is a very good subject for all y'all out there. Uh, make sure you join our Facebook group. Just search TSOTS presents the Skybox if y'all want to talk about this and other sports stories with us. Uh, again, search on Facebook TSOTS presents the Skybox. A uh, real quick note that just came in uh, about t- 11, about ten minutes ago. Uh, Alex Ovechkin just joined an elite group. That only has four other players in it. Wayne Gretzky, Mike Bossy, Mario Lemieux, and Marcel Dion. He now becomes the fifth player in NHL history to have a seventh 45-goal or better season in his career. Mm. He, made, he, he just scored his 45th uh, goal early. Uh, he scored his 45th goal earlier in the night to give the uh, – Right now, the Caps are actually down two to one in the second period, but the one goal was from it was the history making goal from Alex Ovechkin. So, you know, so congratulations to Ovi. Ovi's had a very very great career, but it won't it won't be any better if he doesn't finally win that Stanley Cup uh, championship. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, forty fifth assisted by Kuznetsov and Joel and Ward. So, but the Rangers currently have a two one lead on them uh, right now, late part of the second period. Well, uh, I just wanted to break, make that note real quick. So, let's talk about the last two days that the like the beginning of the NFL's new league year and free agency. Yeah, it's about that time. About 40-something minutes into the show. About that time. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, um, I'm currently on leave from my my uh, my job. So when the league year officially started uh, Tuesday afternoon at 4, even before that, stuff was just flying all over the place. I was trying to keep up with it. If you're on our Facebook group page, you saw between me and Chills, we were posting every – Bit of dudes we could, we could post up regarding free agency signings, trades, and all that other stuff. And it's crazy. So, Chills, I got to ask you three part. It's a three part question. What was your what was the surprising transaction in the last two days? What was the not so surprising transaction in the last two days? And what team or teams do you think already? Are looking good through the first two days of the new league year in terms of off-season moves. Okay, I'm gonna repeat all that to me. <laughs> okay, team that looks good, that really looked great for free agency. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> it's a tie between the Seattle Seahawks because they finally gave Russell Wilson a great receiving option, something he's never really had before. He has a go-to guy in Jimmy Graham. I mean, they did give up a first-round pick, but at the same time, I feel as though that that was a, that was a good move. That was a great move. 
I mean, it was a great move for them. It was a great move for the New Orleans Saints. I got quite a few Saints fans who are not. I had like one that was that was kind of mad about that. But if you think about it, you gave up your best your best receiver for the past few seasons, and you got a center that your team desperately has needed, and you have another first round pick for this year. If I'm the New Orleans Saints, I will be looking at us either another big receiver or I'll be looking at Max Williams from the University of Minnesota to replace Jimmy Graham. I mean, I'm just saying. Also, another team, I got to go with the, I got to go with the Colts. I'm sorry. I mean, you bring in Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. I mean, those two pieces alone. You finally gave Andrew Luck a run game that he's desperately needed. And you gave him another receiving option. Well, yeah, that defense got a slight upgrade good in getting Trent Cole. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, was, I forgot all about good old Trent Cole. You bring in one of the best pass rushes in the NFL for the past several seasons. In Trent Cole. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody like Trent Cole is, is past his prime, but at the same time, this man still performs at a high level. You put him on that defensive line, you already upgraded your defense. Now, if they are able to sign, I say a good defensive back or a strong, a nice, solid safety, that deep, that that Cole team is going to be a real Super Bowl contender. They might actually make it to the show this year. Because honestly, I look at the AFC like, I mean, New England has lost Revis. They're on the verge of losing Brandon Browner. They're about to lose Devin McCourty. I mean, that whole secondary, that whole secondary is gone. I mean, Revis, I mean, Revis Island went back to New York. We're going to talk about the stick-up kid later. <laughs> it's like when I read that, when I read that, the song, the, the song Stick-up Kid by Life Genesis popped up in my head. Because honestly, if you look at look back at the real Revis, you look at his past few contracts with his teams, he be robbing them niggas, man. <laughs> I mean, yes, they are getting – they are paying for the performance because, I mean, what the real Revis does is it's second and none. So you are getting you are getting your money's worth with Revis for, like, one year. But at the same time, I mean, I, I give the real Revis his credit. He knows how to get his money. Mm. Well, the, whoever his agent is, shout out to him because I mean, shit. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. All right. 
So, what, what, so did you mention your surprise move? Surprise, what was the surprise move of the last two days? Uh, the surprise move. I don't know. Honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars. For actually getting people to want to come to Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean... I mean, let, I mean, let's do a recap of everybody they, they brought in. They they bring in one of the best tight ends in the game, Ju, Julius Thomas. Right. They signed some other pieces. I'm trying to think, who did they sign? Oh, um, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Here we go. All right, so they re-signed their defensive end, Tyson Aluwalu. Uh, to a, um, he's going into his fifth season. They re-signed into a two-year deal. They also signed uh, free safety Sergio Brown, uh, D tackle Jared Oldrick, who was a who was the 15th ranked uh, free agent. They also got Jeremy. Yeah, they Arnett. got him from Miami. They, they yeah, yep. they got him from Miami. Yep. And they got Jeremy from Baltimore. From Dallas, they also got uh, Dan Scooter from San Francisco. But like you mentioned, they got Julius Thomas uh, from Denver, who's going into the fourth season. He signed his deal five years, nine point two million on average, twenty four million is guaranteed. So it's like, yeah, you'll have a couple okay, more no. people that need to re the, uh, to resign because they're unsigned yeah. right now. Team that has really jai like maybe laugh at them. Has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. You trade Shady McCoy for a PlayStation 2 and a GameStop controller. You let Jeremy Macklin go. You let Trent Cole go. You bring in Ryan Matthews, who has only had one 1,000-yard season. In his career, the rest of them years he's been injured. You bring in Byron Maxwell, a corner who's strong in cover in cover three, but you don't know how good he is in man-to-man coverage. At the rate that Philly D is, he's going to struggle. I mean, think about it. I mean, just I mean every every transaction they have, they have done in the past week has been questionable. I mean, I'll I don't know what they're getting at. I'll it's just like. That. Chip, what the fuck, man? I really think that he's really trying to prove that he can win without the team that Andy Reid left for him. I mean, it's it's one thing to add to add pieces, but you can't just get rid of your top stars without having a replacement for them. Mm-hmm. 
true. This is very true. Um, so, my surprise, I will say that my surprise is two of them. Uh, my first surprise is um, definitely uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they have gone out and they have gotten a bunch of studs for both sides of the, of the football. Uh, they re-signed a strong safety, Mike Adams, um, after he exceeded the expectations of the late period free agent. Um, they re-signed him. Terms of the deal have not been disclosed. Um, but then they went out. I mean, they lost. Sergio Brown to Jacksonville. They lost Corey Redding to Arizona, and they lost A.Q. Shipling, Shipley to Arizona. But they gained Trent Cole for two years. They got mm-hmm. Frank Gore free. They got um, center Todd Harriman from Philly, who's played in over 100 games in his career. They got him 124 games. He's going to Indy. Andre Johnson's going to Indy, and then defensive tackle Kendall Langford is going to Indy from St. Louis. So that's my that's kind of a surprise to me that they man they managed to go out and get such you know such talented strong players on both sides of the ball to to, to come in and make things work because right now um, Reggie Wayne. Um, he's out there as an unrestricted free agent, so it's a key mix. But I mean, you look at Andre Johnson, T.Y. Hilton; those are going to be some vicious weapons along with Corey Fleener. Um, the other surprise, the other surprise was the trade that went down between the Saints and the Eagles. I mean, not the Saints, the Rams and the Eagles. Yeah, the Rams and the Eagles sending. Sending Sam Bradford over to the to the, to the Eagles in exchange for Nick Foles. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming at all. That surprised the crap out of me. That 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 Honestly, that move happened. That trade, had, I mean, that trade had me stuck. Huh? Like, I mean, that that trade had me stuck. I mean, granted, Nick Foles is coming off an of injury, but he's already accomplished more than Sam Bradford. Like. I mean, Sam Bradford who hasn't played one one season, hasn't played a full season in his career, and he has weapons around him. He has guys like Zach Stacy, Davon Austin. Mm-hmm. I cannot think about the other receiver. He's a big he's a big diamond though. They, the Rams have weapons, but they their biggest issue has been quarter has been in quarterback. I mean, Austin. What's the guy name? Austin Davis, the, the rookie quarterback they had that was undrafted. He proved that they had a team last year. Yeah. I mean, granted, he was a rookie, but he did he did better than Sam Bradford, hands down. To be an undrafted rookie, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up, man. And then you got to think about it. It's like, you know, Sam Bradford coming off a, a second ACL tear in the same league, going into a situation where he's going to be competing against a veteran quarterback 
who actually had a pretty good season last year in relief of Mark the person Sanchez. who got who was traded for and Mark Sanchez. Sanchez is there for yeah, two I mean, years. Yeah, Sanchez had a good season. I ain't gonna lie. I, I give him credit. I mean, yeah, he, he threw a six, but he still had a good season. I mean, stat wise, that was one of his best seasons. That was possibly his best season of his career. I don't know if they bought Sam Bradford in as tra- trade bait, but nobody's going to want Sam Bradford. I mean, come on now. We can't get out of him <laughs> but besides injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Sanchez did a good season, but, I mean, no one's going to commit to him being a starting quarterback. I'm just surprised nobody tried to uh, trade for Kirk Cousins yet. The deal's are out there. I'm sure the deal's are out there. They're out there. I'm just, I'm just surprised we ain't hear nothing yet. Because I mean, right now right. there's a lot of teams that could use a starting quarterback. And looking at this upcoming rookie class, there are not that many good quarterbacks coming out. Right. I mean, I think, I think another surprise to me. I know I said two, but there's a third one I just remember was the trade between the Saints and the Sea and the Seahawks, where they said Jimmy Graham to Seattle. I was like, wait, what? Like, did that really just I mean, happen? It was, it was a surprise, but, I mean, honestly, both teams really won it. People saying the Saints messed up, but think about it. You have two first-round picks in this year's draft. This is one of the most talented draft classes that we had since possibly 2011. I mean, it's talented at almost every position. Except for quarterback and maybe safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many pieces that the Saints. Could, I mean, the Saints could actually get out of this draft. They can really draft Max Williams. I mean, if I'm the Saints, out. I, I mean, that's where I would go to look at now. They could. If they wanted to upgrade to something else, they got two picks where they can move down to get that. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with you on uh, the team that's already done some some damage these first two days, and that would be the Colts because of just all the moves that they've made in terms of re-signing, um, the re-signing of Mike Adams and then the uh, signings of of those of stars like Cole and Gore and Johnson. I mean, exactly. they just – they really – they have really stepped up the show. Like, that I mean, they, they are have. definitely I mean, ready to make that run. Yeah, I mean, I had to give the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, uh, credit too, because I mean, they've done they've done pretty good in free agency. I mean, they're sold on Blake Bortles being a Blake, well, Blake Bortles being a quarterback. I understand mm-hmm. that. I respect that because I mean, he does have an upside to him. The boy can play. I mean, I know, I, I, I know they wish they would attract the Blaine Gabbitt. Right. But I mean, they have an upside. They know they have a franchise quarterback out of him. You line him with some weapons that he can roll with. Get him a run game. Make sure the offensive line is stout. Defense, build that up. Get him. I mean, hopefully Justin Blackman will come back with his mind right. And not do no more dumb shit. And the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars will be ro- ready to go. Okay. 
And then, um, and then, how about you know? There were a couple of players that actually uh, retired um, within the last day and a half or so. A couple of players that we actually a, we retired. We got a good handful. I mean, Patrick oh, I'm gonna, Willis. I'm gonna pull him up right now. His retirement speech, man. God. I mean, it was so. I mean, that thing was so hard to watch. <laughs> now, out of all the yeah, players that retired. Willis. Maurice Jones Drew. Uh, who else? Who else was that? Maurice Jones Drew, Patrick Willis, um, Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Jake Locker retired. Courtland Flanagan. Flanagan retired too. I was, I was getting ready to say Courtland Flanagan retired. Yeah, he's the only one that so was over 30 that retired. But I'm pretty sure a lot of people, because of the way he played, a lot of people saw that he was retired was like, eh, not a fuck was given that day. Anyway. I mean, it's sad to see anybody walk away before it's really time for them to retire. But, I mean, the way he did it, though, still taking a shot at Andre Johnson, dude, get over it. I mean, that fight was how many years ago? I know, right? I remember that. I remember. I mean, that. he was. I mean, he was. I mean, he was still in Tennessee when that happened. I mean, come on, let it go. Let that go. Yeah, but he, yeah, but either way, I mean, it just it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But they did have the walk away from the game. Maurice Jones Drew's actually been on the NFL Network with their free agency coverage, and I think he has a. I think he has a future in in. in in broadcasting, I really do because he's very eloquent. Oh, we we missed well. one too. He knows what the hell he's talking about. We we missed one too. Who? Jason Warwick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he also retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it's a lot of people that just you know walked away from the game. All but, of you know they now. had their reasons for doing so. They had the reasons for doing so, and you know. I, I mean, I look at Jason. Him. I mean, he was he was just coming up in his career. I mean, he right. had a he had his, his he had a great season. Like, the team was our now. I mean, that was one of the guys I was hoping that the, the skills was going to find to replace Brian Alaco. I actually wanted the skins to sign yeah. Jason though. I mean, he's a great, he's a great pass rusher. And, he can and then the Raiders with with MJD with MJD retiring, they went out and they got themselves a, a pretty good running back in Roy Hulu. Who? I honestly think Hulu will will most likely either be a starter, it'll be a running back by committee, but he'll be at the top of that committee uh, because of the fact that he's still young. And he does have a lot of miles on him, so he's most exactly. likely be to like break out and then make you know make life a little easier for for Carr out there. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about. It. I mean, <clears throat> Warzalu is not an every down back, but he has potential to be one. I mean, he still has a lot of miles left in his legs. He's a great receiving back. He's a great speed back. You can be something special for the Oakland Raiders if they use him right. 
hopefully they will bring in another running back to actually take some of that load off of him. But I mean, it should be—I mean, it should be interesting to watch him in Oakland, though. I mean, I wish Roy all the success in the world. He was—he was a good Redskin, but I understand. Yeah, I'm a war. Business. Business. Um, also, uh, Leonard Hankerson is also gone, too, though. I'm pretty sure nobody really cares about that. He hardly made any he went impact. to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he hardly made an impact, so I'm pretty sure he probably won't start in Atlanta. I mean, even though Atlanta let Harry Douglas go to Tennessee, and he ain't got no – they don't even know what their quarterback situation is. But I don't see Hank doing anything in Atlanta because he got Julio Jones. And you know you got Julio, you got uh, Roddy White. White. If both if they if he stays healthy, so yeah. I mean, he There's might be team. a good he Hank. might be a good third receiver if he can stay healthy. He's been in, he's been hurt the past couple of seasons. Right. Oh, they they re-signed Eric Weems, so they got him back to uh, for uh, a season. And then they added Hankerson, so yeah, they those are the four receivers you're looking at. And Hankerson's deal was a was, was not a, you know the terms weren't announced, but yeah. And then like I said, Harry Douglas went to Tennessee, and they still have you know a couple of players they need to re they still have a few key players they need to resign like Stephen Jackson. I don't think they're gonna resign Stephen Jackson. I just don't see it. He just he he hasn't shown nothing in the couple of years he's been in, in Atlanta. I mean, he had like one or two good seasons in Atlanta, but he's been on the downturn ever since. Yeah, that he has. Shout out uh, to my man Troy Smith, former receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, who is now in San Francisco, playing together once again with Anquan Bolden. I mean, I mean that man is straight class. I mean, he could have he could have carried the Ravens, but he didn't. He left Baltimore with dignity and class. Yep. Something you don't see too much of nowadays, especially yeah, from you know, professional athletes. And I'm gonna tell you something. There was there's a rumor that you know Colin Kaepernick is on the trading block, but I mean, you put Anquan and Tory on it on different sides of the football. With Tori and his breakaway speed, Anquan with his ability to just you know, it was like put his throw caution to the wind. If Vernon Davis mm-hmm. get his shit together, and they can get themselves a good running back, a good running back to replace uh, Frank Gore, I think San Francisco might be a problem out there in the West. They get that right quarterback. Yeah, they could be a problem. Huh? They they get that right quarterback. They they gonna be some. They gonna be some. Special. I mean, right now, you think about it. They have, um, they have, they got Tory Smith, they got Anquan, they got Vernon Davis. They need to resign Crabtree, um, who may or may not resign. Uh, Brandon Lloyd, who really, who cares about him, and um, and Kasim Osgood. So those are your, you know, your wide receivers out there. And I'm pretty sure there are other receivers out there that haven't been signed yet that can go in there. Because, to be honest with you, Kaepernick needs 
those receiving weapons. Because I mean, he had his run game with Gore, mm-hmm. but he needs those weapons. He needs those weapons on the outside. Otherwise, yeah, he's he going to struggle so badly. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, he ain't get with his nation to still struggle. I mean, he had Crabtree, he had Bowling, he had Vernon Davis, and he had Stevie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he had, I mean, he had a nice receiver core. Yeah. Matter of fact, at the beginning of last season, the, t- the beginning of the 2014 season, the 49ers receiving core was actually ranked in the top five. Based on the names that they had. And you know what else is crazy? It's like, you know, KC went out. They finally went to go get themselves a receiver since they were the only team to not have a receiving touchdown from a wide receiver in an entire 16-game season. I mean, how the hell did that happen? So they went out and got Jeremy Macklin, uh, who being reunited with Andy Reid, that should be a very interesting situation, especially, you know, with Bo maybe not coming back, you know. I mean, honestly, that running back tandem in Kansas City was a huge reason why they couldn't get a receiving touchdown as well. Jamal Charles and now Davis. They tore it up last year. When Jamal Charles went down for them few games, now Davis got all. Not only running in touchdowns, but taking kickoffs to the house. Right, right. So right. it's like, I mean, you have two talented backs that can pretty much do 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 the same thing. Both of them got great speed. One is a be- one can break tackles better than the other one can make people miss better. Both of them can catch on the basketball. Both of them be lined up in a slot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will. But yeah, I mean, and then we haven't talked about the uh, the Redskins. Who they haven't made many moves so far in the first two days. I mean, they re-signed now. He's going to stay for another couple of years, which is good because, you know, now is a very, you know, very versatile, you know, very good tight end, you know, he can get his hands together. Um, Steven, uh, they signed Steven uh, Paya, he tackled from Chicago. They signed him to a um, four-year deal to come in and be on the D-line. And then, of course, Hankerson and Hulu uh, are gone, and they have quite a few people they need to resign, including uh, Santana Moss, who today, who on um, March the 10th, I believe it was, either the 10th or 11th, was the 10-year anniversary of Santana Moss' first signing with the Redskins. So he's been with the Redskins for 10 years. Complete decade. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I would love to see Santana retire at the because, I mean, he has earned that right. However, if our receiving core gets to the point where we don't need Santana, I mean, it is what it is. Right. That and personal, strictly business. 
Oh man. I think we can all agree that the Eagles the Eagles they really have, you know they really have made some questionable moves. You know, three days of three moves so far. I like I said, these fools might mess around with some own sixteen. Yeah, it'd be possible. So, um, I remember reading a, a quote from Chip Kelly saying that they're not going to um, mortgage their future trying to get Marcus Mariota, which which is apparent since they went out and they got um, they got Sam Bradford in a trade and they re-signed Sanchez. It's obvious that you know they they they're not trying to bring a quarterback in out of the draft. They feel they got their quarter they got their starting quarterback already on the roster. Honestly, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Chip Kelly still wants Marcus Mario. Here's why. Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford is not athletic to run that Chip Kelly offense. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't, He's not durable. His decision-making isn't there. He's not a prototypical Jim Kelly quarterback. Not Jim, uh, Chip, yeah, Chip Kelly quarterback. He's not. The Sam Bradford trade, uh, I think that was just to get rid of uh, Nick Foles. To guarantee that if he does, when he does trade for Mario, he 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 can put in Mariola's head that he's going to start off the break. He won't have no chop. He won't have any bit of a challenge with a starting job. I mean, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have this team that's pretty much a remake of the old Oregon Ducks team. <laughs> So why not have the Oregon Duck quarterback? I mean, unless he's want to pull up Jeremiah Mazzoli, whoever the hell he's at. Hmm. See that uh, it's official. The reason resigning, like signing with the Jets, so you know everything comes full circle. He left. New York went to Tampa Bay. They ended up in New England, and now he's back in New York. Mhm. Take up kid. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I do have. I think I do have that phone on the switchboard. Hold up. I see a wife Jenna's phone, but it's not that one. Okay, it might be on my phone. It might be on my phone. Oh, man. Your man is a stick of kid. <laughs> I'm not hating on him either. I mean, it is what it is. You know, they, you know, instead of, you know, he know how to get his, you know, he know how, he know how to get his money. 
Instead of trying to figure out their quarterback position, they yeah. So what all all the thing that has happened in the past few past couple of days? How hard does this make it for the New England Patriots to try to repeat their Super Bowl champions? Uh, Did they panic or no? I wouldn't say panic, but you know, because they they re-signed Devin McCourty, uh, even though they lost Revis, and they lost Shane Vereen to New York to the Giants, but. I I don't think they should panic. I think the one thing they should worry about, though, is the fact that, you know, Indominus Sue is now in their division. They have to see him twice a a year, along with Mm -hmm. Cameron Wake. And Sue is known as one of the best run stoppers in the game. And New England doesn't have much of a run game to begin with. So if, you know, they go up against Miami, they could end up being one-dimensional, and that that could play into their hands. So I wouldn't say panic. But I think their road, like any other time, any other Super Bowl champion, the road to repeat is not going to be easy at all. Yeah. It made it. It made. I mean, it made it a little bit more complicated. <laughs> oh man! Uh, Speaking of Eddie the Dolphins, Royals had in, Eddie Royals heading to yeah. Chicago. Mm. That might be a good. Oh, that might be a good spot for him. That might be a good spot for him. Yeah. Go to Chicago with Sean Jeffrey. That might be a good fit for him. He might be a good good fit for them. Right. But yeah, like, again, man. Here's a shout out to my man, Reeves. Okay, I can't do it, but yeah, you are a stick up kid. You get your money, no matter where you go. I I, I can't do nothing but respect the hustle. Let's move on to the hundred and fourteen million dollar man, the Dominican. Dominican. Hundred and fourteen million. People are already calling him the next Albert Hainsworth. And My that's a, that's that a bad is, comparison. My that's problem with that is that's a complete insult. That Dominic Sue at this point of his career has accomplished more than Albert Hainsworth. Albert Albert Hainsworth was lucky and was able to take advantage of a of, of a clueless owner who will take anything to win. He came off of his best season of his career and he got lucky. To get that contract, Adamka Sue, here's a guy that's actually earned it. Out of his first five seasons, he's been to four Pro Bowls. He's had more tackles than any other defensive tackle since he's been drafted. He's been the fourth up the middle, and he's he's one of the reasons why people don't look at the Detroit Lions like they used to. People call him a dirty player, but at the same time, he puts fear into opposing teams. You have to game plan for him alone before you even think about the rest 
of any defense that he's on. He's never had any off-the-field issues like Hainsworth. Hainsworth was lazy and pathetic. Dom Gasu is a hard-working, high-motor player. One of the Sue was the leader. Hainsworth is just a worthless piece of crap. Mm. Uh, we yeah. have approximately that- five minutes left. Yeah, we do. And uh, just real quick, breaking news, and I'm about to put this on my on my Twitter feed, which y'all can follow at DC People's Chair, that per Adam Schefter on Twitter, Cowboys free agent running back DeMarco Murray is flying to Philadelphia to meet Eagles officials on Thursday per league source. So, sounds to me like he's staying in the division just going up north, possibly. So I'm going to definitely keep an eye on that I mean, if he goes to Philly, that'd be the one thing Chip Kelly has done right so far. Because, I mean, I already know, I already know, Kerry Williams is going to have a stellar year in Seattle. Just because he's in that defense. <laughs> Alone. Yeah, I'm just crazy. But, but since we owned on Murray. Let's talk, I mean, let's really talk about this. I mean, you know, the shelf life on running backs aren't, aren't, is not long at all. I mean, the average running back plays for a total of five to six years mm-hmm. at a high level. Most running backs are done by the time they're 32, 33. If you were DeMarco Murray, knowing that your career can be over in two years, knowing that the the value of running backs isn't the same as it was, what do you? What I mean, what is your strategy strategy for uh, free agency? Do you go and go? Do you go for the big money paycheck, or do you take a discount and? Have hopes of making making it past the second round of the playoffs. You know what? That's just that's just a question that I don't I couldn't even answer. To be honest with you, because I just don't know what you would do on that point. Okay, here's my answer. Due to the fact that the value of running back isn't the same. Due to the fact that the market. Four running backs isn't that deep. Depending on the fact that this draft class only has three solid running backs that are going to start off the break. The the fact that the shelf life of a running back isn't long at all, shorter than any other position on the football field. If I have a chance to get the most money possible, I'm still, while I'm still available, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go for that. 
Because, again, my career can be over by the time I'm 30. I mean, if I'm wondering about it. I mean, that's my thoughts. I'm still in, I'm still in my 20s. I got a chance to get $40 million real quick. I'm going to go for it. I mean, because after I retire, I mean, who's going to take care of me? The Cowboys ain't going to take care of me. <laughs> I understand that my teammates want me to stay, but I got to look out for me. Y'all gonna be, most of y'all going to be playing in 10 years. Dad's is possibly going to be around in 10 years. I'm not. I don't have that much... I don't have that much miles left in me. Y'all not taking the hits that I take. Y'all not running up the middle with your life on the line. Getting hit it from each each and every possible angle. Y'all not going through that. Y'all don't go through what I go through. Y'all not bounce back from the same injuries that I've had. So, with that said, knowing that running backs are so easy to replace. I'm going to get my money when I can. That's all I got to say for the night. Time to do the lineup. All right. Friday night, we have, our, we have our relationship talk show. Isn't hers. Come get your relationship questions answered. Whatever your status is, married, single, dating, Engage, whatever. Hell, it could be it's complicated. You got a question? Come listen to his and hers. Listen to our expert break it down for you. Give you their insight to your question. That show was hosted by Poetry, Dulce Diva, Free, and the Bishop Eddie Long. Eddie Kane, I should say. That show was at 9 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. 8 p.m. East Central Time. Monday, we have The Hangout. Hosted by Poetry and the Bishop again. For those who are into anime, who are into video games, technology, devices, movies, etc., and comics. The Hangout is the show for you. Listen to our experts debate and talk about the best of the anime world, the best video games coming out, the best devices coming out. Come get your fix every Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Tuesday, next Tuesday, Two Sides of the Story interviews returns, and we have a special guest. For those who watch the hit show Power, we have a surprise for you. I've been promoting it all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yo, champ, do you know who our guest is? Uh, Yes, I do know who our guest is, because I actually promoted it on my uh, fan page earlier today as well, uh, he is Vinicius Machado. 
will be the guest on the return of CSOTS interview. That's right. That's right. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8, 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesday and every single Wednesday. Time to get your sports from the earliest sports show on Blog Talk Radio today. Come chill with me, your boy Chills, DC's People's Champ, Arm and Joy, as we give you the highlights, as we give you score updates, as we give you some of the best sports news around. The Skybox catches every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. This has been another great episode with your boy Chills. Yep, and don't forget, we are all over social media. Uh, You can join our official Facebook group on Facebook. Just search TSOTS Presents The Skybox and uh, be added to the group. You can follow us on Twitter at TSOTS Production. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at Two Sides of the Story. Um, And you can also uh, follow me me on Twitter at DC People's Champ. Uh, you can follow uh, Chills at Cool at Cool G Chills with a K, not a C, and with a Z at the end, not an S. So we're all over the interwebs. And uh, yeah, we are. On Blog Talk we're Radio. Doing it. Taking over. Yeah, and of course on Blog Talk Radio, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Two Sides Production. You can check out some of the archives of our shows, and also make sure you download the TSOTS ah. app iPhone, BlackBerry, and Google, and um, Android, so you can listen to some of your favorite shows on the go. Exactly. You don't even got to download them. They already want to ask. Exactly. Well, we're all done here, you guys. Yes, we are. This has been another great episode. Champ, I'll see you next week. Same back, same, same Skybox time, same Skybox channel. Yep, yep. Peace. Later, y'all. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.